the name of God, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. You may have spotted that there are no bulletins today. Um, supply chain problems. Uh, among other things, the, uh, the company that runs the copy machine has an algorithm for when it delivers the, uh, uh, the, the toner. And uh, the algorithm does not make provision for Christmas. And so... <laughs> I apologize for that, but I, uh, if you happen, to, we we had a few. If you happen to have one of the few we had, or if you can take your prayer book, um, and if you'd like, and turn to page one sixty-two, I want to talk about the collect. You know, the short prayer that we have at the beginning of the service. So sort of a "You are here" kind of a prayer. It uh, gives a summary. Uh, a thought, organizing thought for the day. These prayers have a have a form, just like a sonnet has a form, these prayers have a form. They always thank God for some particular thing, and then based on the thing that is being um, praised and thanked, uh, beseech God for some special grace. Um, this is one of, the, I think, the most beautiful collects that we have in the Book of Common Prayer. O God, who didst wonderfully create, yet more wonderfully restore. O God, who didst wonderfully create, yet more wonderfully restore the dignity of human nature. Grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity, thy Son, Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So, on Christmas Eve, we had the story of the birth of the Messiah, and we had it with with a very precise historical detail. When Augustus was the Caesar, when Quirinius was the governor, when um, that notoriously wicked man, Herod, was the uh, uh, local authority that the Roman Imperium had installed. We heard about the angel, we heard about the shepherds, we heard about uh, the kings, his Seekers after wisdom and truth that know nothing about the oracles of God in the testimonies of Israel, but yet who are seeking God and are guided somehow to the holy birth. There we have the virgin mother. There we have Joseph. There we have the holy child in an ordinary town in humble circumstances. The bread of life is laid in a manger for us. So that's the story that we have. It's a, it's, a, it's a historical story and a very human story. And then on Christmas Day, and on the first Sunday after Christmas, we always read the prologue of the Gospel according to St. John. And St. John is giving us the backstory. Uh, here's, here's, here's the story with historical detail. Here is, here is the cosmic backdrop. And here is the, uh, the theology of what is happening. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, the God's sacrificial Word of creative love. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Through Him all things were made. Not anything was made without Him, including the human beings. And the Word became flesh and dwell among us, 
No man has ever seen God. Moses wanted to. God said, you'll die if you do. No one has ever seen God. But we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father in the face of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Now what we have in this, in this collect is the bringing together of these two things and a summary of the meaning of Christmas. O God who created, O God who didst wonderfully create. St. John has taken us back to the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis has a lot of similarities with other creation myths that you will find in the ancient world. But there are some remarkable dissimilarities. Now, if you know, if you know what kind of genre you're reading, you're reading the genre you're reading, you're reading the story about how we got our temple and how we got the images of our gods. And these stories always begin on the first day, on the second day, on the third day, the temple is built up. Well, except the temple is not a building in Babylon. The temple is the glorious creation, shot through with the glory of God, coming from God's hand, touched by God. And in the middle of it, in the midst of it, where you would expect to find the story about how we got the statues of the gods that we worship in our temple, you have instead the story of God taking the earth and breathing into something that comes from the substance of the creation, breathing into it his very life, his breath, his ruach, his spirit. A man and a woman. And Genesis says, let us create them in our image. Let us create them. It takes the man and the woman. It takes this primal human community to be the mirror of God, to be the image of God, to be the likeness of God. In our image, in our likeness, God says. It's an astonishing thing that's being said about humanity. There is no humanism that is more exalted than the humanism of the Bible. There's no vision of humanity that is more exalted than the vision of humanity that is in the Bible. The vision that is there is that the man and the woman are to have such a, a lively relationship with God to have such fellowship with God, to, to have such inspirited conversation with God, that they come to resemble him, that they come to manifest forth in the midst of the creation the glory of the creative word of love which has brought them into life. And they're to reflect the character of God by their faithfulness to each other by their, 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 their returning love. The, the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, this is love that goes out continuously from himself. The Father speaks eternally his word of love. His word of love returns to him eternally in the power of the Spirit. And this community of love is supposed to be uh, definitive of the human community. And they're supposed to be God's vice-regents, his stewards, and tend the garden of the creation. Now, this is the wonder, this is the dignity of human nature. This is the dignity for which we were made. The Bible tells us that we have, that that, that that human dignity has become impaired, that we have in some way lost that human dignity. You might not need the Bible to spot that. 
what has happened is that is that is that is that instead of having the world as a as as the good creation as as a gift from God, um, we want to have the world just for a thing in itself, with no strings attached. And instead of having our lives as a gift from God, as a calling to to dignity, the the Greek church fathers are 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 very bold in this. They say, "What's the human calling? Deification." To become like God, to, to have the character of God, to be so infused with love as to be deified. We want the world without any strings attached, and somehow we want our own lives without any strings attached. This is, this is uh, for all of the benefits of the modern world, this is, this is a, a modern uh, contemporary ambition to have life without strings attached, without any obligation, without any constraint. Uh, this is a kind of contemporary ambition. Sin, at the bottom, there are sins, but at the bottom, sin is rebellion against God. It's turning away from God. I like this summary. Turning, we turned away from God. We turned uh, on each other. We turned in upon ourselves. That's St. Augustine. What's sin? This, uh, it's the human soul, the human person in curvatus and say turned in upon him or herself. And so sin is rebellion against God, but uh, tragically, heartbreakingly, ironically, it is at the same time uh, self-injury. Uh, it's a self-destruction. It is a treading underfoot of our human dignity. And so all the lying, stealing, cheating, the violence, the murder, including the murder of children, the oppression of the weak by the strong, and so also the brittle self-righteousness and this terrible phenomena uh, known known too well by parents, I think, but also characteristic of governments where great evil is done in the name of good. And so, uh, so what is Christmas all about? Christmas is all about God doing something about this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have new life New creation, regeneration. This is what baptism is all about. We, the, 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 the dignity of, we, we've lost the dignity of our human nature. We, we've been the victim of indignities that have been visited upon us through no fault of our own, simply because we've been born into this world with its tightly woven web of sin. But we also have these indignities that we freely choose. Uh, listening to a poem of John Donne not too long ago. John Donne is talking about the great uh, dean of St. Paul's Cathedral in London, talking about sin. He says, Wilt thou forgive uh, the sin I have repented of a year or more, but wallowed in a score? So, I mean, how can we even think about this, about the impairment, the, 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 
the, the impairment of the dignity of our human nature. I saw a Sunday school lesson that was very affecting to me. One time, a uh, teacher had a mirror and took uh, uh, the ashes, actually the ashes from Ash Wednesday, took the ashes and rubbed the mirror, you know, really ground the ashes into the mirror. You know? the, the mirror was still there. It's still capable of, of, the, of, of, of a clear reflection, but it's, uh, it's clouded, needs to be cleansed. And so the world has become flesh. And St. John is telling us what the backstory is, and this collect is summarizing it for us and turning it into a prayer. O oh God, who wonderfully created, yet more wonderfully restored, he's become one of us so that we might become like him. He has come and taken, his, taken our indignity upon himself that he might restore us, wonderfully restore us more wonderfully recreate us. And so, uh, so the ancient fathers talk about the, the Felix Kupa. And there's, a, you know, we had that in, in uh, Christmas, we had Adam Leigh Bounden, and uh, had that apple never eaten been, then Mary would have never been heaven's queen. More wonderfully restored, more wonderfully uh, recreated. Now, there are, there are enemies of our restoration. There are enemies of our, our, re, our recreation. There are, there are Herods and there are Pharaohs. He's, he's going down into Egypt and he's retracing the, uh, the life of Moses. And just as God delivered his people from the indignity of slavery, we're being delivered from the indignity of the slavery of sin. And the new Moses has, has, has come. They're enemies. Pharaoh is the enemy of liberation. Herod is likewise the enemy of our restoration to human dignity. It's not so hard to spot Pharaoh and Herod. It's not so hard to spot the contemporary stand-ins for Pharaoh and Herod. They're visible. What's a little bit more difficult is to spot the invisible enemy, this uh, uncanny and mesmerizing spirit that is the power beneath the Herods and the Pharaohs and that causes this terrible thing to come forth from human lips out of the human heart, these words that Milton puts upon the lips of Satan in Paradise Lost. Better, better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. So new life has come, the new creation has come, the restoration has come, the dignifying power has appeared and is placed as a gift in a manger for us. And it's vulnerable, as vulnerable as a child. And the envious and murderous opponents of it are on the loose. But uh, God in his providence protects uh, the child until a final showdown. And because we read the Bible from the end, we know what the end is. We know that there will be a final showdown and it will be a victory. Now you have to come next couple of weeks if you want to hear about that. But for now, what do we do for now? For now, let us be wary of Herod. New life has appeared. We have in some small way got hold of this new life. 
in some small way this new life has got hold of us. It's tender, it's vulnerable. Let us be wary of Herod and let us cleave to this Nazareth and abide with the Holy Family and with the child. Grow in wisdom and grace. In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.